Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. there, this is Tara. It's the second week of Advent, where peace is our focus. In last week's episode of Holy Shenanigans, I gave you some homework and an invitation to help us build our very first Christmas episode. You are invited to create a poem based on one of these four themes, hope, peace, joy, and love. I'll give you some more information at the end of this episode on how to submit your poems. Tis the season for sharing some hope, peace, joy, and love, and a little holy shenanigans of your very own. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. These are stories to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I'm your muse. Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me on the unpredictable adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. In this season of Advent into Christmas, especially in this week of peace, a familiar song probably comes to mind, Silent Night, and its refrain, Sleep in heavenly peace. But surprise of all surprises, the gospel story this week does not include the story of Mary, Joseph, and giving birth to the baby Jesus in a manger surrounded by livestock. This gospel story tells a little bit different story about Jesus' origin. Unlike the stories in Luke, Matthew, and John, Mark's gospel begins with a prophecy from the book of Isaiah, then fast forwards to a story about a guy named John the Baptist. A little bit of background about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, and John is a unique guy. He lives in the desert, he wears clothes made of camel skin, and his diet is made up of honey and bugs. You might be wondering... What in the world does Jesus' origin story 
This story of camels and shepherds and stars have to do with a strange guy wearing furry clothes and eating bugs for dinner. John's purpose and focus was preparing the way for Jesus. In the other gospel stories, we hear other examples of preparing the way. An angel that comes to Mary to tell her that Jesus is to be born. A star in the sky that leads the wise people to find Jesus after he's been born. Preparation and creating a path for peace is a common theme among these stories. In all of these stories, the theme of preparing a way of making a path for peace, this theme of Christianity of God coming to us is continued and repeated. The scope of these peace stories is wide. There are lots of characters involved in this God is coming to us message of the gospel. In this account from Mark, John the baptizer takes up his role as peacemaker through the waters of baptism. John baptizes crowds of people in preparation for Jesus' coming. This action of baptism was a turning away from your own self and turning towards God. Mark's account begins with John baptizing Jesus in preparation for his ministry. And while this story begins much later in Jesus' life, the message of God coming to us is in this story, too. John helps Jesus prepare the way for his public ministry through his baptism. In this moment of baptism, Jesus is prepared to serve God, to teach, to heal, and to care for people. In this story, I see God coming to people In this story, I see how peacemaking can take many forms. In this story, I learn that God's peace is not sequestered to a manger alone. God's peace can come to us in a variety of ways. Through John's story, I learn that there's lots of ways to clear a path for peace and that there's room in God's story of peace for you, me, and even a guy that eats bugs for dinner. Welcome, one and all, to this quirky cast of characters that are engaged in this ongoing peacekeeping work of God in the world. Sometimes the actions of peace bring people together in ways you'd never expect. And that brings me to this week's holy shenanigans story called Sleep, Bread, and Peace. It's been a long time since sleeping with bread has been a part of my life. Years ago, when blogging was a big deal in the days before MySpace and Facebook, I was part of a sweet little community of bloggers. This Sleeping With Bread blogging group set up a weekly writing practice. Over time, with pressing schedules and life's movements and changes, our blogging group lost track of sharing our highs and lows each week, and Sleeping With Bread became a sweet but distant memory. So you might be asking, what was so special about this Sleeping With Bread writing group? This writing group originated with a book called Sleeping With Bread, Holding What Gives You Life by the authors Dennis, Sheila, and Matthew Lynn. So here's more about the story that inspired us to write. During the bombing raids of World War II, thousands of children were orphaned and left to starve. The fortunate ones were rescued and placed in refugee camps where they received food and good care. But many of these children who had lost so much could not sleep at night. They feared waking up to find themselves once again homeless and without food. 
Nothing seemed to reassure them. Finally, someone hit upon the idea of giving each child a piece of bread to hold at bedtime. Holding their bread, these children could finally sleep in peace. All through the night, the bread remained with them. Today I ate, and I will eat again tomorrow. This story of caring for people, this real-life account of making peace in a time of war, this practice of letting go of fear and holding on to bread, inspired and gave our little group some hope. My friend Mary Lou and I officially launched our own Sleeping with Bread group on September 8th, 2008. A 50-cent word that explains this practice of writing with Sleeping with Bread is called an examine, and in this case is based on a spiritual exercise by St. Ignatius. It helps a person to hold on what spiritually nourishes them by looking at what gives them consolation and what causes them desolation. It allows someone to express their gratitude to God for the good stuff and turn to God for solace for the bad stuff. It is quite simple. You simply ask yourself, in this day, week, or month, what gave me consolation and what caused me desolation? In the simplest of terms, you could call this best thing, worst thing. And for Mary Lou, she would usually light a candle as she would do this practice. And then when everyone had a chance to share, she would blow out the candle. So this is like highs and lows, rose, petal, thorn. And what bread do I need to hold on to? And what bread do I need to let go of in order to make a way forward for peace? So 14 years later, here I am doing an examine of another sort, but I'm still writing and sharing these highs and lows, these joys and sorrows with you via this podcast, Holy Shenanigans. And while the medium is different, the intention is the same. This podcast is about the unexpected ways that God shows up in life. So this week, as I was thinking about sleeping with bread and the way of peace that it was for me in the past, something unexpected happened. My fellow examined blogger, Mary Lou, re-entered my life via an Instagram message. She wrote, Would you like to help resurrect sleeping with bread in a new way? Her message lined up just in time with my memories of sleeping with bread. So out of curiosity, I set up a phone call with Mary Lou. So on this call, we talked about our past and our hopes for sleeping with bread in the future. Mary Lou, now as Ms. Bogan Reads on the gram, invited me to take part in sleeping with bread in this new way. And she explained it as this. Whenever you want to use it, examine practice paired with the visual approach of Instagram. I'll be joining Miss Bogan Reads this week over on Instagram as we reboot this path to peace that we know as sleeping with bread. To join us in this examine, visit us at Instagram at Miss Bogan Reads and Holy Shenanigans Podcast with the hashtag SWB Examine or hashtag sleeping with bread. When it comes to creating a path for peace, sometimes you need to ask some really good questions. For this week's questions to ask, I'm providing you with a list of questions so that you can use this sleeping with bread examine on your own. So jot down a few of these questions 
and try them out in this second week of Advent that is peace. I hope these questions give you some space to reflect, to inhale, to exhale, and to find some of your own sleeping with bread, sleep, bread, and peace. Here are three questions to use for your whenever you want to use it examine practice of the new sleeping with bread. What am I most grateful for? What am I least grateful for? When was I the most free? When was I the least free? And lastly, when was I the most creative? And when was I the least creative? A note of gratitude. Thank you so much, Mary, for reaching out to me through that instant messenger message this week. I'm thankful for a history of seeking peace through storytelling in all of its forms. It's good to be baking with you again in a new way, but the way that is another example of God's work that I like to call holy shenanigans. This week's poem for the second week of Advent is titled Peace. Peace calls to pause, embrace, act, contemplate, and exhale. Pause. Storms make me feel like running and hiding. When I'm frantic, can peace be present? Peace. Embrace. In conflicts and hurt that push people apart, is peace working to break the ice? Peace. Act. When anxiety freezes me in an action, does peace give me a warm nudge to move? Peace. Contemplate. When swirls of activity tempt me to do, be, and see all things at once, will peace slow me down to savor each beautiful thing? Peace. Exhale. Filling of lungs can only be sweet when exhale helps me to let go of what is no longer of use. Will peace help me to release and fill my heart, mind, and lungs? Peace. Peace calls to pause fear. Peace calls to embrace a need for people. Peace calls to act in life-giving ways. Peace calls to contemplate beauty. Peace calls to exhale and trust the oxygen to keep breathing is just on the cusp of letting go. Light one candle to inhale. Light another candle to exhale. Peace, peace, peace. My name is Tara. And this is Holy Shenanigans. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Unpredictable Spiritual Adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. This week, remember, hold on to the good bread and let that other stuff go. Two reminders this week. Come on over to Instagram and join us with hashtag sleepingwithbread and try your own hand at this examine. Also, remember that it's your turn to share some of your word bread by submitting an Advent poem for the special Christmas edition of Holy Shenanigans podcast. Please submit your poem on the themes of hope, peace, joy, and love by December 20th. Email your submissions to holyshenaniganspodcast at gmail.com. Until then, may you be at peace. Sleep in heaven.
heavenly peace.